There are some things that are too good to keep a secret. Like how your Amex Platinum card helps you have the perfect trip. I'd like to check into the Centurion Lounge. Or how it seems like you always get those hard-to-snag tables. Ooh, yum. And how you get the most out of select can't-miss events. With access to the Centurion Lounge, Resi Priority Notified, and Amex card member benefits at select events, you'll have to share. That's the powerful backing of American Express. Terms apply. Learn more at americanexpress.com slash with Amex. Nebraska Preps postgame with Damon Benning and Jacob Padilla. That's the big voice guy. He lets us know it's another week of Nebraska Preps postgame. That's my main man, Jacob Padilla. The man, the myth, the legend, JP. Good good Wednesday to you. How goes it? Hard to believe it's the last week of the regular season. Gosh, it went fast. Oh, yeah. You know, and, and we had a bye, unfortunately. <laughs> yeah. So it it's I thought it was dragging. I'm like, oh, you know, six, seven days yeah. without a game. And then you get to this final week and we're putting the final touches on Benson. And it's like, wait a minute. Everybody's doing these playoff scenarios. Are we here already? Because you don't really – I think district play is overrated for coaches, but not necessarily for fan bases and folks that try to basically do what we do. But, man, this is it. And coming off of last year, this is a a bye. It's the last thing that you would want. You'd want to be able to play all those games considering what you missed out on last year. Yeah, it's like, wait a minute – uh, we fast forwarded to week nine, and you're looking at it, and we still probably have, well, for sure an A, probably three or four legit scenarios that could play out. Um, and in B, who knows? <laughs> I, I mean, I think you know the top teams, obviously, in B, but the way that the playoff format will end up shaking out will be nothing short of interesting. Yeah, and still, again, both classes have some um, some key matchups left here this week that will help determine some things. So it's for you, it's Miller South, Miller South, and Burke or bust, or are you someplace else? That, I'm prep, this, prep, and Lincoln. He sets the audience. I'm trying to decide between those two. It's going to be one of those two. I just don't know which one yet. So. Is there any more contrasting styles than prep and Lincoln East? That's well, and uh, I, I went to um, Lincoln East and Millard West, so I kind of already seen uh, a similar um, clash of styles. Um, but yeah, it's I haven't seen Millard South since the beginning of the season, and obviously um, a little different currently right now than they were then. But um, so if you're if. If you're Lincoln East, you've kind of been on the 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 back end of the that that top ten ranking. Do you look at the seedings with any sort of watchful eye? Um, I I don't know. With for a team like them, it's just they they've lost two games that you're like ooh. Um, but you know with, with how explosive they are, they're capable of I think hanging with anybody. Right. Um. So. That's kind of an interesting team. Like it, you never quite know what to expect there because there's not much of a running game. Um, they they've played well defensively for some stretches and had some lapses in others. Um, so sitting at six and two, um, I think that they'd feel confident no matter where they end up. But um, yeah, that's I think one of the kind of uh, one of the bigger wild cards. And yeah, Cray- Creighton Prep has a chance to 
gained a tremendous amount of ground. So does Burke. Um, you know, because Westside and Millard South right now both sitting at eight and zero. And for all, as much maligned as our schedule has been by our, I mean Omaha Westside, both sitting at forty four wildcard points. It's weird how that sorts <laughs> itself out, right? Because sometimes it's about what the teams at the back half of the perceived schedule do and how they hold up their end of the the deal too. Yeah. Um, so like you said you got Benson to close it out there. So um, feeling like pretty good nine and zero there, and then Millard South with Gage Stenger. Um, I know they kind they of played, in limbo. Yeah, played uh, North Star and took care of business um, this past week. And Cam Kozil come in and did a solid job at quarterback. They got a few other guys some snaps as well. Um, a fifty fourteen win there. Um, but if you had yeah. to take the pendulum and the trend upward, two teams that can make a move this week: Omaha Creighton Prep and Omaha Burke. Yeah, for sure. Um, who do you think, who does your gut tell you right now is firmly moving in the right direction? Whew. Um, I, I think both definitely are. Um, just do you look at Burke's schedule or no? Yes. I think you always have to look at the schedule to a certain degree. Cause it's hard to win period. Yeah, right? I mean, exactly. And especially what happened to Columbus, right? Well, like, <laughs> and I was there for the season opener. Um, so that's, that's the only, right. t- that's the only time I've seen Burke this year that's is right. their one loss. And they obviously didn't look like they, they looked for like, for stretch, like you had some talent and that's some athletes there, but weren't ready to play a, a winning football game yet. And since then, all they've done is win. Um, they figured some things out. seems like they've gotten better in, uh, in a lot of different areas. I think the, those young players, inexperienced players, have um, kind of figured out um, what it means to, to play at this level. Um, and they've got some guys playing at a really high level right now. I was trying to explain to somebody the other day, I don't know if they necessarily took issue, but wanted to discuss my thoughts on, or our thoughts, because I think you're in agreement here, because we talked about it briefly. With Gage Stanger, whether you think he's the best player in the state or not, I do think... He, along with Genitone and Rizak from North Platte and Rizak Dom, not Teddy or Anthony, at Westside are the most irreplaceable. And for as good as skill as Millard South has with everybody else, right, he makes the – for whatever the reason, he makes those guys go. Do, is that – am I missing something in describing that, or how would you put it? Um, I, I, Definitely. I think we'll, we'll see – um, this week, if um, um, he's still out, obviously, that against a higher level of competition. Um, last couple of weeks, they haven't um, haven't quite faced the same. They haven't faced another top seven or so team. Um, they've just kind of taken care of business against teams that they're supposed to. Um, but they've got some guys that are certainly capable. Obviously, Jake Asway is having a heck of a season on both sides of the ball. Um, you know, Ontrell Taylor is capable of breaking a big one off um, at any point, and so some of his plays aren't necessarily Gage Stanger created. It's a little bubble screen and then uh, just finds a way to break a tackle and uh, beat everybody to the end zone. So, um, But, yeah, ultimately, I, I, I am interested to see because um, at, at the top, you got to have a, a really good quarterback. Um, and I, I just haven't seen enough from Kozil yet. Um, he's, he's played a lot in, in backup snaps, but um, I think that's one where we have to see if – um, if he can get those guys the ball um, and ha- how teams defend when they don't have to worry about Stenger just breaking you off on any given play. 
So North Platte and Columbus obviously has some pretty big ramifications for wild card movement. Were you a little disappointed in Columbus's performance against Bellevue West, or do you think Bellevue West is starting to settle into who they are? A little bit of both. You, you, uh, you would have liked to see something other than 62 nothing uh, for a team that had been playing some yeah, good football. Early and often, and they yeah. were sharing the wealth. A little L.J. Richardson, a little Caden Helms. Yeah. Uh, uh, you know, yeah. it's, I mean, God, they got options. Yep, Uh 30 touches for 198 yards and four scores for Richardson. Luke Johansson, who's been playing really good football the last Especially handful of Especially now weeks. that they've kind of settled in. Yeah. 19 and 25 for 357 and four scores. Caden Helms, six catches for 203 yards yeah, and three I think, touchdowns. I think he just scored again. Yeah, he has <laughs> taken off the last uh, last second half of the I, season. I completely agree. For whatever the criticisms were, if you were not a Bellevue West fan, mm-hmm. it was, well, he can't do this, and he only does this, and he doesn't catch the ball well, and he – so you, you hear all these what he isn't, and all he's done is kind of – and he already doesn't talk a ton. To, you know, he kind of just minds his own business. He's just gone to work. Yeah, and as a result, Bellevue West has um, has gotten on a roll here. And so I I wasn't terribly shocked to see this. Like, I saw it, I was like, eh, okay, yeah, Bellevue West is – I mean, they they don't – I don't think they uh, they react well to a loss. Um in terms of um, that sticks with them. So mm-hmm. they came back ready to work. They figured some things out, and I think they're playing at a really high level too, man. That playoffs are going to be fun here. Yeah, so it's the curious case of the the, the one surprise. Um, well, there were a couple. Let's stay in A. Lincoln Southeast. I, I'm just not sh- – so the results against other good teams yep. – don't seem to match their personnel. I'm just not sure what I'm missing. Agreed. It was 42-14 loss at Gretna. Um, and I mean, come, no, Gretna's good. Yes, but coming but 42, off. 42-14, I, yeah. I don't know. It just didn't. I think that score, you're like, what happened? All three of their losses are basically by about the same score. They given up, up 40-something. They scored less than 20, basically. Yeah. Um, and so that's 5-3 and three record, but you've given up. 120 some points in those three losses and that's a team that's got some good defensive personnel um they've got some good skill players too um but for whatever reason it just isn't isn't coming together um that was another team that uh they're closing out the the season against Elkhorn South that I had on my initial list of games but kind of after seeing that result I'm like uh I'll look elsewhere so it's interesting right because you start looking at the wild card points, West Side and, and, and Millard South both at forty four even, Bellevue West at forty three, three seven five, Gretna right there at forty two six, then Elkhorn South at forty forty two six two five as well. Elkhorn South and Gretna right there. How important do you think the middle part of the sandwich is for the playoffs in, in class A? I I mean I think either way you're going to end up. Somebody's going to end up on Miller South side of the bracket. Somebody's going to end up on Bellevue West side, um, or uh, and, and West side. Yeah, yeah so because it looks two. like if we went out, yeah. if West side wins out, they're the two. Yeah. So and then Bellevue West, West would be, would the, be three, the three. three. So you got that on one side, and then you got um, Miller South on the other. So either way, um, whichever side of the the line you're going to have, you're going to end up on. You're going to have to <laughs> face some really good teams. You, but you've done this a long time. And maybe I say this every year, but it seems like this year more than almost any matchups 
they're just some. I was talking to one of the Metro coaches a couple of days ago, and he was saying, hey, um, you know who would really give us fits, a team I don't want to play? And I said, well, who's that? And he said, Lincoln East. And I said, oh, that's interesting because for us, we would do this against them, but we wouldn't want to see such and such. And he's like, well, they couldn't score enough against it. It's just weird how I think this one is about is more about matchups. Yeah, so looking forward to seeing once we finally get the, those uh, kind of playoff brackets solidified and we can start breaking down those matchups. But there, there, there's some potential for some really fun games once we get to the postseason. Is there a team out there that you think can play a couple of different ways that isn't as matchup reliant, not named Millard Cell? That's oof. That's a good one because you look at you look at the top ten here, and it it might be you guys with the way that Rezac has been playing at quarterback. We, we do have some versatility with our athlete, our athletes too. Because you look at Prep and Elkhorn South, both heavily run reliant. Yeah. Um, they they've got a few athletes that they can get the ball to occasionally, but it's not going to be a, a steady diet of passing the ball. Um, we've got a Carter Hogan, a Grant yeah. Guyette, a Caleb Bennett. We got a, a Teddy Rezac. You can throw the ball to. Yeah, and Gretna Lincoln East is, is the exact opposite, where um, they're going to just air it out. Um, not going to be a whole uh, much in the running game there. So um, let me ask you: Does Gretna's run game? Gretna's run game intrigues me because they're capable. It's just, do they want to play like that? I really like, I really like them in the backfield. Huber's tough, and he he grinds he out some tough, tough yards. But he uh, is tough. I, I I don't know if it's the offensive line that's just more uh, pass pro um, uh, reliant or um, yeah, shaded. Which, that, that screen game that, is ridiculous. You're gonna too. pick one that would be pretty darn good. Uh, um, so more kind of if that's what the deal is, because the, the, Huber's had some really good games, but mm-hmm. there are some other games where um, they just have nothing going on the ground. It's, it's funny last week just looking. Um, they, they beat Southeast 42-14. They had two passing touchdowns, one rushing touchdown, all, all by uh, Flores, I believe. Um, a kickoff return touchdown, a pick six, and two field goals. That's how they got to 42. Because I was looking at the, the box score, and I saw there were only like three offensive touchdowns. like, are, they, are we missing something here? How do you get to 42 points with this? And <laughs> That's, It's kind of – it's. It's kind of what gave me the red flags from about Lincoln Southeast because I'm thinking you have an Applegate, you have a Tuioti, you have a Butenbach, you got a you have a lot of you have a Gatula, you have a lot of good individual pieces, and I actually think same guy, but better play at the quarterback spot than a year ago. I don't think that's it. At least the couple of games that I watch on Huddle, I don't know what it is. Maybe it's just it's conservative. Maybe it's just calling games close. But they have good talent. Yeah. So actually, I think to your question before about kind of team that can do a little bit of both. Obviously, I, I just saw North Platte this uh, this last week come back. Very and, intriguing. Um, obviously, they're, they're not. They're going to run. They're going to run. They're going to run. Uh, well, how about Genitone getting help last week? They didn't even need him to play well offensively. No. Now, that was scary. And they so you, you think down 10 with about six minutes to go, oh, North Platte is done. There's nowhere they're going to be able to score enough quickly enough here um, with the, the way they run their offense. Well, that wasn't the case. They marched right down the field. And then uh, the go-ahead drive, they, they had a couple of huge pass plays. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah. And... 
there was a, a fourth and nine conversion, uh, gained 16 yards. So he only had three completions. Yeah, we're we're going to talk to Coach Rice on Friday yeah. and what he's been able to do on coming back to North Platte because I think he came back in maybe 18, was it 17 or 18? He gets he comes back to North Platte and it has been. And, and obviously, we'd love for a genitone to drop in your lap, but they have they have some history. What they've been able to do with their travel schedule and being able to play on the road yeah. and have teams go there, I think it's nothing short of impressive. It is very hard to travel in Class A, and they've handled it masterfully. Yeah, uh, so Caleb Tonkinson played really well, um, and they just – you have to be so assignment sound with them with um, the way they run that option. Yeah, they will crease with, you. They got different guys flying all over the place. You never know who has the ball. Um, they'll pound it right up the middle um, with Robley, and he, he had a solid game. Um, wasn't quite 240, but he, he did his job. And then <laughs> there was just a beautiful drive where they were pounding, pounding up, and then uh, Tonkinson just faked the handoff and kept it, snuck yeah, right around the creased. edge, walked in untouched um, because they had set it up so well. So, uh, But – I just want to touch on them because that was, uh, again, one of the better games I've been to. And Millard West, man, they've had some tough ones. But uh, hard to believe that team is 2-6 and six and out of playoff contention. But uh, sometimes that's your schedule. Uh, and if you're not quite at the same level, um, the, ske- it, the record ends up looking even worse than your talent. He's a better coach than four wins in the last two years. So. Well, so I don't know I've ever seen this before. Three guys touch the ball on offense. That was it. Three. They had one receiver. It was a tight end. I don't know if I've Uh, ever seen that either. They had one three. Yep, they had a tight end. That's a big guy going North Dakota. I didn't even think about that. Trey Sadin, running back uh, Nathan Peterson. uh, um, Fantastic little player. Yeah, um, great kid, great player. Chase Holtman didn't touch the ball, and then um, and then quarterback Brody Peterson. They didn't didn't have any other. And you find yourself in the game up two scores with less than a quarter to play. Uh, a 73-yard scoop and score certainly helped that, but changed still. The whole, changed the dynamics of that. It felt yeah. like it was going to, and then North Platte rallied right immediately after they marched down the field again and scored. It was like, that was huge. That play right there. Their if, ability if, to answer the sudden yeah, change. If yeah. they were punting that thing away, um, I, I don't think there's any way they were going to get back, but they, they put it together. But anyway, um, just <laughs> one of the best games last week I had to touch on. The, the team I was going to talk about was Burke. I think um, Katsky's interesting. Like, he's not he, he's not a guy that's thrown for 300 yards a I game. Agree. There's still some accuracy issues, but he can give you enough with his legs. He can give you enough through the air. They've got he's athletes. tough. Yeah. Right? So, like, he, he's kind of like, I don't know if you're old enough to remember Timex, right? The watch, like. I have seen those ta- before. Yeah. <laughs> take a lick and keep on ticking. That's Katsky for me. He just. Keeps coming and coming. Moody's like that. Um, they're they're more than just Jackson. They've they've gotten to be pretty good up front along the offensive line. They're a little undersized outside of Bell, but they're tough. Shoot, their best offensive lineman may be a two hundred pounder. So <laughs> you you watch them play, and it's like, can they get enough stops defensively? I think is ultimately what it's going to boil down to for them. And that's where you rely on your 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 experienced guys. They've got some playmakers. they got to go out and make plays. It's got to be Devin Jackson. It's got to be Alec Cook. It's got to be Trey Starks on the back end. They've got, those guys have to make some big uh, yeah. plays every game um, against t- competition. But I think there's enough there. Uh, I think there's they've got a little bit more at quarterback than some of the other run-heavy teams, and they've got some, some good skill in the backfield as well. And Jackson is obviously a guy that you can – 
using a gadget rule. So I think they, they're a little bit more well-rounded than a lot of the other top 10 teams, but it really is those top three seeds that are, I think, the most balanced. Yeah, the Trey Starks, if you're looking for a great storyline with with Burke and Millard South, while everybody talks about the guys, right, the, the Trey Starks gas away kind of matchup is very intriguing yeah. for me. Two very understated Really good players for both teams when everybody talks about all the other guys. And who don't come off the field to get it done on both sides of the ball. Uh, <laughs> I, I do hope uh, we see those guys just kind of matched up uh, right? all I game mean, long. <laughs> if you're talking about the all-underappreciated team, that's got to be kind of led by Gasaway and Starks, right? Yeah. I mean, for for whatever, and some of it is, is and I'm talking about Jake, not so yeah. much Justin, even though Justin's come a long way, especially defensively. Too, Most of it is Jake's personality. Because he doesn't say a ton. He's not one of those guys that's, that's chomping at the bit to talk to, you know, and do this interview and that interview. He's been committed for a while to, to, to Northern Illinois, and I think he kind of flies under the radar. And then you look, you look at the stats, and it's like, well, he's right there with some of the top guys in the state, and they get a lot of accolades. And then Starks for Burke does so much of the Dirty work, the coverage, the tackling out in space, the key catch on third down, the running after the catch. Like, two pretty unsung guys that are really good players. Yeah. Um, guy that, obviously, not unsung. We talked about Lincoln East last week. Noah Walters, 19 for 21 for 350 yards and five touchdowns and carried the ball 18 times for a score. Um, um, so, and Malachi Coleman, <laughs> Three catches for 197 yards and three touchdowns. Had a 93-yard uh, play uh, touchdown on a broken play um, last week. Charmar Brown, 16 carries, 196 yards, and two scores uh, in preps. 37 win over Papio South. Devin Jones has been on uh, a tear since he's gotten back. He had hey, another. Well, hey, when healthy, he's pretty fantastic. He had uh, tough kid at Papio South. 313 yards and six touchdowns the last two weeks. Uh, not too bad. Um, so good to see him healthy and back making a difference. Um, man, Jaden Page, 190 yards on the ground and three scores for Central, they, who did not complete a pass. Uh, Jane Bullion, another 111 yards and three Boy, scores. he is a phys- – he's kind of freaky, right? When he's yeah. when he gets it going, you can hand it to him. He's really good on defense. He's a big, strong kid. Do you remember watching him play basketball like three or four years ago and you're like – then you, you see him in 2021 and you're like – He's been in the weight room, and he has just grown like a much different body type than I think than you thought you may be getting. Yeah, and then Tashawn Porter for Omaha North, 37 carries for 290 yards and a touchdown in their 35-20 win over uh, Fremont. And they've quietly gotten back to 3-5 and five after the rough start to the season. Um, so that's uh, some of the other top standouts in Class B or Class A. Class B. Uh, I don't even. We we can't get through here without mentioning what Rashad Madden did last week against for Ralston. Yeah, he's yeah. fantastic. We we talked about him last week. He's uh, he kind of spoke yeah. it into existence, yeah. right? Because obviously, um, you've got Manessis and and, uh, and and yeah, Mossick that are just absolute monsters. But Rashad Madden's pretty darn good in Class B too, and he had, he carried the ball thirty times for four hundred twelve yards, a Class B record, and three touchdowns, and then how caught fit, a fifty seven yard pass. How to, fitting touchdown. is it? Not only are we in your wheelhouse with Ralston. We won't, you know, we don't have to go there with the old Padilla and Ralston connection. But he broke Isaac Wallace's record, who is a Ralston Ram. Like that had to be pretty cool. Yeah. So 
and some huge, obviously, Manessis, 263, uh, four scores on 38 carries. And Palat Smith and Bennington both, they got pushed a little bit. Um, obviously, they won handily, but they also um, played, played some better teams. And uh, I think uh, both Ron Colley and Beatrice kind of showed well for themselves. How about, well, you talk about tough schedules. So getting ready to put Beatrice in that Waverly discussion in terms of, of tough schedules, yeah. especially in the second half of the season. How about this, though, with with Bennington and Plattsmith being 1-2 and Bennington having a full three-tenths more wild card, 45 points to 42, wow. and they both are 8-0. You talk about a schedule. Bennington has played a schedule 45 wild card points heading into week nine, and they have a full three-point cushion over the next best. <laughs> I mean, they're having a special season. And I, seriously, though, I mean, Plattsmith is really good, and they still only have the forty-two wild card points. And you can't really—I'm over whining about Plattsmith's schedule, especially after what they did in the playoffs last year. Um, and say what you want about yeah. Bennington's injuries. I'm not. Listen, that's part of it. So I'm never—I'm never going to take that away from a team. But Plattsmith had proven that they belong, and people got on their schedule early. It's—it's it's toughened up late. They're right there standing, and, and Bennington still finds themselves a full three points ahead. And, and now Kramer's back, which is a big deal for them. Uh, had another uh, good yeah, game. Yeah, gives uh, them a little bit different dimension to hit big plays vertically, especially off of that run action. Yeah, Mostic <laughs> uh, against Ron Colley. Oh, ho-hum, 25 for 302, five touchdowns. Just doing what he does. Trey Bird, again, an efficient game, 12 of 14 for 247 yards and two touchdowns. He's continues to do exactly what they need him to do. He's he's really turned into a really nice player. So is that, is, that, someone, is that plug and play? Is Bennington High now plug and play for quarterbacks? Well, uh, just <laughs> and you lo- losing Tyler Leclerc last year, and you've seen what Mostic has done this year as the lead guy in the backfield. You've seen um, a guy like Austin Holtz. You had been Bird, then Weapon, then bird, an, another Bird. It's yeah. like it doesn't matter who takes snaps yeah. for Bennington at the quarterback spot; they flourish. Yep. So again, both those teams that. Bennington won 56-38 against uh, Ron Colley, and we'll close up with a gross this week. So when you look at, we we think we believe in Seward, okay? And they'll get a chance to prove it this week to close out the season against Aurora. Right. Who's playing and we, really good football I was right just now. getting ready to say, and we think we believe in Aurora. Something's going to give this week. Yeah. And Aurora, 41-26 win over Grand Island Northwest last week. Uh, improved 6-2 and two now. Um and they and they're hosting uh, Seward at their place too. Really, kind of changed, in my opinion, the trajectory for Grand Island Northwest, who drops to four and four, and kind of now drops into that bottom four of the top sixteen from twelve on down. Which is, they're they're tied in wild card points at at thirty eight eight seven with Norris. I think they've kind of earned better than that, but it is what it is now. And, and they're both in the same bucket where. Um, we like the talent. There's some good players on those teams, but the, their schedule is just so tough. Like, all four of their losses have come against teams. They're like, okay, yeah, that makes sense. Um, Norris beat um, Lincoln, jumped up the class. They beat, handled Lincoln Pius the 10th last week. So they're 4-4 four and four as well now, and they'll close out against Waverly. So another tough one. Now, Scott's getting ready to be healthy for the most part. Do you think you feel you know the most about Aurora, Scott, or Scott's Bluff? Whew. Uh, probably Scott, just because I've seen them. Uh, I haven't seen either of the other two in person, so 
Um, I, I think I know the most about Scott if if uh, Becker and uh, Holtam are playing. playing. Um, so Which but, changes them dramatically, yeah. right? But still, so the thing with Scott, though, is who do they want to be on offense? Are they, do they want to throw it around the yard or do they want to run the football, right? Because I would actually take a look at using Caden Becker as kind of a a, a run-first quarterback in terms of that offense, gives you some QB power, you know, it protect a little younger, smaller offensive line. Like, how they play, I think, will determine how far they go. Yeah, and that's uh, right now, last week of the regular season, end of the postseason, hopefully get them back, get every, get all your pieces out there. That's Now's the time they've got to kind of really figure out, all right, what's going to work here? Um, because <laughs> they're closing out uh, the schedule with a tough one uh, against Elkhorn. Um, five and six and. Uh, Mike Sauter's coaches' rankings. Um, and so Elkhorn still with just the one loss. And yeah. it was to a good Bennington bunch, but they got handled pretty good. Yeah, and coming off a 35-12 win at Elkhorn North. Um, so, yeah. For I, some reason, that kept trending on my – and maybe it's because I wasn't playing and I'm out and about and I'm watching games and I'm, I'm checking Twitter, but the Elkhorn-Elkhorn North feed kept coming across my Twitter timeline. I was like, plenty of plays to be made or there are a lot of Elkhorn Elkhorn North fans was it dominating your feet or was that just me uh I yeah since I was at a game um I I wasn't able to stay on the the phone very much I forgot what happened see you're at a game and you're in your notepad taking stats I'm at a game I'm watching and reading I don't write down yeah I gotta write something about it so I I gotta have something to go off of the difference between a professional and not that's (laughs) Jacob Badillo I'm ODB real quick as we hear the music you got Burke and Millard South as kind of the premier matchup. Maybe you like Prep and East, or is it Seward and Aurora? What's uh, the indicator to you in terms of I can learn a ton in, in Week 9? I, I, I think probably that, that Millard South-Burke game, maybe not long-term because Millard South, if they get Stanger back, is a different team, but um, we'll have to see how long can they get by without Stanger. If, if Burke comes out and wins this game and looks good doing it, you feel really good about Burke, and then you kind of worry, like, all right, when is Stinger coming back? Or can, can they make it there? Um, so um, I, I think that one's pretty interesting. I tell you what, if they handle Burke without Stinger, look out. Oh, yeah. Miller South, if they do get Stinger back, and that's coming as a West Side guy. I'm just <laughs> keeping it real. Uh, again, that's Jacob Padilla. I'm ODB. That's a quick 30 minutes. Nebraska Preps postgame will be back. Next Wednesday, previewing the playoffs in my best Jim Moore voice already. Back next week. A Huda Media Production.